What's up, y'all? Welcome back into the Lacrosse Bucket Podcast. Tanner Dimwing here with y'all. As always, coming to y'all here from Louisville, Kentucky on a wonderful Sunday night here in late March. Um, for those watching on YouTube, you can see the sweatshirt right here. The Miami Hurricanes going to the Final Four. Amazing. Playing against the UConn Huskies. Next was it Saturday. Just the tip of the iceberg for the Sunday we had in sports in general. Two big lacrosse games here on Sunday night, or Sunday, I should say, one in the evening or afternoon, one in the nightcap here. And we'll talk about here in a second Ohio State and Rutgers. One, two or five games. Um, that were nationally televised this weekend in college across Maryland and excuse me, uh, yeah, Maryland, Penn state Hopkins and Michigan, both Saturday night, big 10 network games, Rutgers, Ohio state, big 10 network Sunday night. And then ESPN, I uh, was it ESPN or ACC network. I can't remember which one it was. Uh, same thing technically, I guess. Um, Maryland and, uh, not Maryland, uh, Virginia and Notre Dame on Saturday afternoon. And then on Sunday afternoon, Cornell and Penn in a big Ivy League tilt. Great weekend of us all around those games on TV, especially as well as those that we caught on the stream as well. We'll talk about a couple of those there also. Before we get going, as always, make sure you subscribe to the podcast on wherever you can do so. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, if you're watching on YouTube as well. Leave the five-star reviews wherever you can. Hit the like buttons. Um, all those ways are ways in which you can help us grow the show. After a uh, swig of water there, let's get into the weekend that was here. And I want to start this with a question. I want to start today's show with a question. And it's not one that I'm sure can be answered. It's not one that I'm sure we will have the same answer to next week, uh, per se, or the week after. But... Is the Big Ten the best conference in lacrosse this year? And I don't say that in the context of, like, the Big Ten has X amount of teams in the top five, so therefore they're the best. I say that in the context of Ohio State just beat Rutgers 11-7. Penn State um, lost 13-10 to Maryland on Saturday in a game where the Nittany Lions had a chance to come back. Maryland staves them off, and we'll talk a bit more that, about that one in a second. And then also on Saturday, what was the final of the um, 15-11? Hopkins over Michigan. And that's a game where Hopkins outscores Michigan 5-2 to in the final quarter. We saw some absolutely 
great games in the Big Ten this weekend. And it, and it, and it makes me wonder how good this league is. It's not the Ivy League from last year. It's not the ACC from the year before. But this is a league where it it could be the most competitive in the country this season. And we're just one weekend to Big Ten play. These next you know, what four or five weeks are going to be exciting. Going to be very exciting here in the Big Ten. And I want to get to the Ohio State-Rutgers game here now. Ohio State 11, Rutgers 7. Um, so I, I turned this game on after watching Miami beat Texas in basketball. And I believe at the time, Ohio State was getting on the run. So I think they were up like 3-2, something like that, when I flipped this on, maybe 4-2. And Ohio State just keeps on scoring and keeps on scoring. They get it to 7-2 to at the half. Ohio State outscores Rutgers to 3-0 in the, uh, the second quarter. They didn't allow a goal from 625 in the first through the half. Uh, actually, through the 1047 mark of the third quarter. That's a good bit of time there, a good 20-plus minutes where yeah, 20-plus minutes where uh, Rutgers is off the board and where Ohio State's defense is able to dig in. And the Ohio State offense wasn't necessarily on fire, per se. They're not Draining, you know, they're not putting in goal after goal after goal. It, 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 it's a bit more tapered than that. But they're still getting it done offensively. They're getting it done defensively. The only area where they really struggled in this game today is at the faceoff dot. Drew Blanchard still out uh, for the Buckeyes has been since I believe the Detroit Mercy game uh, that was, which is the last win that they had. And by the way, this is a huge win for Ohio State, not just in the context of this is a Big Ten win, but they had not won a competitive game uh, in quite a while since February uh, February 25th, they lose to Virginia. It was that week before they beat North Carolina. So the, what was that, what would that have been? The um, the week of the 15th, 16th, somewhere in there. Uh, February 18th and 19th, where it was, when they beat North Carolina, uh, really going on a run that second half. That's the last win uh, of significance that Ohio State had before tonight. They lost to Virginia. They lost to Cornell. They lost to Denver. Had not been a good stretch there for the Buckeyes. And, you know, their backs were against the wall coming into tonight. The opening Big Ten play at the Ohio State Lacrosse Stadium, and they get the win. And matter of fact, it's their first win over Rutgers since 2018. This has been a team they've been calling at to beat for a number of years now. Rutgers has ascended themselves as that second best team in the Big Ten over the past couple of seasons. Ohio State's been on their heels. They played a good game against them last year. They just were not good enough to beat them 
if you remember that contest, it was a Sunday night game as well, I believe. And Rutgers runs away with it there in the second half. Ohio State, their ability to respond in this one when they need to, I think, speaks volumes. Because this is a team for a number of weeks that really has kind of looked like it was, you know, it was just kind of going through the motions. And I know there's been some injuries there uh, on this roster, but this is still a talented group. Um, defensively, I mentioned was where Ohio State was most impressive on Sunday night, and they were. Skyler Walland, 17 saves in this contest. They hold Rutgers to the lowest point total or goal total of the, uh, of the season thus far with seven goals there. Tremendous game there, I think, that we saw from Hudgens and Van Buren. Those two really making a difference there at the close defense spot. Hudgens had five ground balls, two cause turnovers. He was a menace in this one. Um, Rutgers, the only area where they really necessarily got things rolling was when they had those NASCAR opportunities and were able to score in transition. When they were getting in those 6-6 offense, Ohio State was able to pressure them. Ohio State was able to shut them down. Uh, Rutgers does go one for six on the man up. Now, uh, uh, Ohio State goes one for six as well, so not a good day for either side there. But uh, Rutgers does have a couple of man up opportunities there in the second half. Uh, they had two in the third. They had two in the fourth. Those were opportunities they needed to cash in on. Uh, if they wanted to get back in this game, they were unable to do so. Uh, quite a bit of penalties in this one, uh, really a lot. The uh, the official count here, seven for Ohio State and five for Rutgers, so 12 overall. Um, yeah, yeah a, lot of, a lot of penalties in this contest here, uh, but, but the Ohio State defense does, you know, yeoman's work there for them here. Uh, Colby Smith, four goals in the contest to lead the way for the Buckeyes. Jack Myers, Bobby Russo gets put on him. I think Bobby Russo does a tremendous job in this contest. Holds Jack Myers to just one goal in the game. Ed Sheen had two assists in this one. Uh, really a, 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 a tough effort for Rutgers to get back into things here. Um, and as I mentioned, that includes some NASCAR offense there. Noah Daniels, the defensive midfielder, had two goals in this contest. That helps breathe some life back into them, uh, and they do get some life late. But Ohio State being able to hold them the way they did, very impressive, very good win there for the Buckeyes. Um, now to the other Sunday night game, or Sunday game, uh, and I don't want to spend a terribly too much time talking about this one, but Cornell 18, Penn 12. So um, the, the thing that y'all need to know about this one, and we pulled the stat sheet here, CJ Coast, CJ Coast, what did he do in this game? Well, the man had seven goals. Had, had a casual, it's another, you know, it, it's another casual afternoon stroll on a Sunday evening, Sunday afternoon for CJ Coast. He, said he had seven and four against Hobart. He had seven today against Penn. He had five against Yale last week. He is playing out of his mind right now. Mentioned on, was it Thursday show or Tuesday show when I did the uh, 
midseason kind of a quote there. And I said, CJ Coast, my midseason Twilerton, for what he's done so far here, carrying this Cornell team, he continues to do so. A uh, big day from him here. Billy Coyle, three goals, three assists. Very impressed in what he did uh, on this day. Michael Long, not in the uh, lineup today after playing last week against Yale. Hopefully he's back soon. He had a hat trick against Yale last week. Um, overall, just for me, another game in which Cornell was able to pull away and in which Cornell was able to step on the gas when they needed to and not barely their opponent. They didn't barely pen like they did to Yale, but they did get ahead and stayed ahead in this one. Uh, they, I mean, it was nine to five at one point in this contest. Um, and, and look, Penn had started very strong, very strong. CJ Coast gets going, and this team gets going, and they're they're unstoppable. And again, the the depth that was the, the the depth of which this offense has is tremendous, um, and the talent that this offense has is tremendous. The amount of guys that can step up on a day-to-day basis here for Cornell is very impressive. Michael Bozzi, D-Mendy, had two goals in this game. Uh, they had Payer coming, um, I think, at least two or three coming in transition. Aiden Blake, two goals, one assist. Brian Piatelli, two goals, one assist. He gets to start there again with Long out. Uh, you had Hugh Kelleher, one and one. Just a, a strong day overall here for uh, the big red in this one. Sam Hanley, I thought, played well for Penn. Penn's offense looks better. It looks like it's getting into form, as we said last week. Um, the one area where, you know, you do see um, it, it was it was even-ish, I would say, uh, at the faceoff dot, 24 for 34 there. Um, oh, excuse me, not even-ish. Uh, even-ish in terms of the, not, not the team performance, but the individual players. Kaskinen, 12 for 16. Petrakis, 12 for 16 there for Cornell. Uh, Chris Arcelli, 10 for 29. Uh, does not have a good day uh, there for the uh, Quakers as they struggle at the dot. Uh, Cornell, even-ish there for each of those guys. A big day for them there at the dot. Overall, Chase Irwin, 12 saves, was very impressive in cage as well. A uh, very good day here for Cornell as they get another big win and uh, move to 2-0 and in the Ivy League. Now let's move uh, back into the Big Ten. Take a look at the Maryland Terrapins real quick, who won 13-10 on Saturday over the Penn State Nittany Lions. And the Terrapins won in a game where I thought they did a great job of being able to stave off Penn State late in this contest. Penn State gets a goal with about, I think it was two or three minutes left. There was an opportunity there. It shut down, and that's kind of that's kind of it. And Maryland's able to run the clock out. They land that. Uh, well, they had the one where they land the clock, shot clock down, and then you have Penn State go down. They get a shot. Wasn't a good shot, right, right to the stick of Rupel. And then from there, Maryland is essentially able to run a clock out there. 
Um, a game where I was very impressed with Dante Trader, Jack McDonald at the midfield spot. Again, was very impressed, as we should be every week, with the Maryland defense. Um, Dante Trader, two goals in this one. He had two cars turnovers as well and a ground ball. Jack McDonald, five ground balls, two cars turnovers. Maryland had eight cars turnovers on the day. They caused eight of 11 of Penn State's turnovers. Four of those coming from your top two defensive midfielders. Um, I think in this game overall, just Maryland was the better team, and you knew they were going to win, and they did. Uh, 19 for 27 at the dot for Wheelman is allowing them to dominate the possession battle, and they're able to put up points when they do that. The Jacobins went on a big, uh, was it a um, six or seven, you know, to one run there in the, in the first quarter. Um, and just really from that point on, and that makes it a, a nine to four game with 1042 left in the second quarter. From that point on, it really was all Maryland and Penn State. They do come back, make it an eight, nine game. You know, Jack Trainer has that goal there late in the second. Um, but then Corliss puts one up with just seconds to go in the half, make it a 10 to eight game. And both defenses played very well in the third quarter. Uh, one goal for just both sides, and then Maryland's able to add those goals on late. They stopped Penn State late um, and down the stretch there from getting anything else than they, anything other than they got, which was a Kevin Wink off goal, 258 left in the contest. Um, uh, another just complete win for, for Maryland as they continue to look good, as they continue to look like a top three team in the country. Um, and that top tier is indeed Virginia, Notre Dame, Maryland. What order do you put them in? I don't know. I don't know. I am still struggling with that myself. Um, but those are the top three in the country for sure. And I think I, I, I think I want to put Cornell and Duke in that camp as well as say that's the top five. I, I, I feel like that's correct. And I feel like that's even more correct after this weekend. But we'll see. We shall see. Um, now, speaking of Notre Dame and Mel and uh, Virginia, what else do I keep wanting to say Maryland today? Virginia. Virginia beat Notre Dame 15 to 10 in this contest on Saturday afternoon. It's a bit snowy or snowy rain type situation there. Um, by the way, just Shout out to Notre Dame. This, the, a lot of stadium was rocking. Um, free admission. The football team was there at, at one point coming over from their spring practice. They show on the, on the broadcast. It was Marcus Freeman walking in. The play, the sideline was going crazy. You, the people on the boom, the stands, it looked fantastic. was a great environment. I know Lars Tiffany touched on that in his postgame comments as well. Just a, a tremendous, tremendous atmosphere. And Virginia silenced them. Virginia 
silenced them in this game. Connor Schellenberger, two goals, five assists. Sandro Dixon, six goals and one assist. They combined for 14 points, eight goals in this contest. Those two step up and, uh, you know, big players make big-time plays in big games. And that is what the Virginia Cavaliers did, and particularly those two guys did on Saturday afternoon to help Virginia get this big win, which will likely push them back to number one in the country. And the biggest aspect of this game, however, I want to talk about is the Virginia defense. And in particular, when you look at Matthew Nunes, I don't know what it is. He just has great days against Notre Dame. He had, what was it, 12 or 14 last week, uh, I mean, last season. He had 14 saves today uh, on Saturday against Notre Dame, 58% save percentage. Um, Peyton Cormier, two goals, two assists at, uh, there to help that offense. Lasala, 17 for 29, 59% at the dot. Want to mention those statistics as well. Um, this 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 defense, though, um, and LaSalle was a big part of getting Virginia that possession battle and the, the offensive guys being able to put the ball in the back of the net when they had it is obviously important. Virginia held the Irish to their lowest goal total of the season and caused 10 of their 16 turnovers. The Cavaliers also won the ground ball battle 33-26 and forced a a pair of failed Notre Dame clears, each of which led to a Virginia goal. And I said on Thursday's show, the middle of the field is where things are going to matter the most in this game. And in a way, they did. And a holistic approach at the middle of the field. LaSala's doing well at the dot. Virginia's getting the ground balls. They're riding hard. It wasn't a, like, just magnificent riding performance. They weren't, They didn't hold Notre Dame to, like, 60 or 50%. But you get those two goals off the ride, and those are two kind of juice goals, if you will, there. Part of that big run that they had, I believe it was at that time, uh, well, Virginia does go on that run there in the first half. Um, you know, Virginia, they went on kind of two big runs in this contest here. Um, they take a 5-1 lead um, there, and then later into the third quarter on a 6-2 to run, pull ahead 13-9. So the... That, that run early in the game that puts them up to five to one, and then that later run that puts them up six to two, they they shut Notre Dame down during those stretches. And they answered Notre Dame in those stretches. The Irish, Chris Cavanaugh, first goal goal of the game, that one zero lead is all the Irish would have. Notre Dame did have a run early in the third. Um a four-goal run there from late in the second through early in the third makes it a 7-7 game. But after that, Virginia says, eh, no more. We're done. This game's over. And they go on that big run late there 
the, the 6-2 run there that effectively puts this one away. Um, again, a, a huge victory here for Virginia. Another complete performance there from them in this one, especially a great day for their defense. And Virginia's defense, like, their offense has been very good. Masala's been good at the dot. They've been good, like, in the middle of the field. But their close defense, in particular, is a unit that's kind of been up and down. Um, like, and even in 2019, like, 2019 to now, it's kind of been up and down. I wouldn't say it's, it has not been the most elite defense. It's been one of the biggest and most athletic. But in terms of statistics, they haven't been the best or the most consistent. I think we're starting to see that with them this season here now. And I know we saw it at times last year. It was Hopkins, Virginia. Uh, Hopkins, Notre Dame were two of those best Virginia defensive performances last season. I think we're starting to see this defense come together and be more consistent here. Matthew Noons, a, a great day for him. I want to see him continue this consistency here in cage. He hasn't been that throughout his career yet. He's only a sophomore. Not even, not even two two full seasons into his career, so we'll see how he continues to grow. Um, Virginia plays Duke on Friday. Um, uh, uh, should we mention what will probably happen to that one? A loss. Virginia has beaten Duke in the regular season since like 2008, maybe before. It's, it's been a while. Um, beating them in the postseason, not, not in the regular season. Notre Dame, they go to face Syracuse, looking to get a bounce back win in that one. Uh, the last game I want to uh, – a couple games I want to talk about. Um, first of all, I want to talk about Army and Loyola. So, A.J. Pilot holds uh, Davis Lindsay to just one goal in this one. Knoxnet has seven saves there for Army. He gets injured late in the third quarter, and Matt Chess comes in. He had three saves, allowed one goal in the final, what is that, 21-37 of the contest. Great defensive performance here from Army. Great game overall from Army. This is a top-10 team. This is a top-10 team for sure. Maybe a top-17. Like, Army is playing great lacrosse right now. And again, this is an Army team. Lost 19 seniors from last year. I was very skeptical of what this team was going to be heading into this season. We thought they could be good, but, and by we, I'm meaning me, thought they could be good, but the question was, when they're playing these upper echelon teams, are they going to win those games? Or are they going to win? Or are they going to lose close? They win big here today, uh, or on Saturday, I should say, against Loyola, 10 to 5. Evan Plunkett, four assists, and Jacob Marin, four goals to lead the offense. Three of those Plunkett assists going to Marin. That connection there, very strong there for the Black Knights. For Loyola, um, they scored just one goal in the final 33 minutes or so of the contest. They were upped in every category. Um, another day where I think Loyola is starting to slide, unfortunately. Offensively, couldn't get things going, especially in the second half. Army defense was able to shut them down. 
Uh, they tried to run things through Kamish and some other guys, but what wasn't working. It, it just was not working there for uh, the Greyhounds on Saturday afternoon. And uh, just a uh, another, I think, kind of disappointing win there. Actually, disappointing loss for them after what has been a really good start to the season. It was a really good start to the season. Loyola drops that one. Um, now, uh, in the Ivy League, in the Ivy League, um, I'm not going to talk too much about these two games, but I do want to mention them. Princeton 23, Yale 10. And if you're watching on YouTube, you can kind of see my facial expression right here. I I really have no words for this one. I turned this off at the half. I was checking in and out on it. Um, man, I I I don't know. I really don't know what's going on in New Haven. This is this is pathetic. Like you look at Yale, defense has been the identity of that program for the majority of Andy Shea's tenure. Now, you saw with, obviously, these great offenses they've had, really 2018 and now, offenses become a, I wouldn't say the sole identity, but it's become a bigger part of this team. And they've had maybe, you could say, better offenses and they've had defenses since 2018. But even in 2018, like, that defense was insane. And that's the national title year. Since then, things have been decent. They've had decent use. But it hasn't been, like, great. And right now, it's pathetic. I mean, they are just not good. Like, they're just not good. They're just not good defensively. Um, and again, um, Andy Shea. I mean, he must wake up every morning and just thank God for Jared Paquette. He does his best. He does his best. Your defense is missing slides when their approaches are wrong, when they're leaving the backside open, when they're misreading things. Every single possession. I, I don't know what to tell you. I really don't. A great day for Colter McAsee. 10 points, 8 goals, 2 assists. Princeton, credit to the Tigers. They look better. They certainly look better after a 23-10 win. Anyone will. Um, they got things figured out. They got things figured out. My question is for Princeton is, are you back? Are you back to being what you were last season? They play Brown next week. We'll see how things go there. Yale plays Penn. And, uh, yeah, it's a must-win game for Yale. It's a must-win. Every game from now on out, from here on out, is a must-win game for Yale. And you can say the old cliche, well, every, every, every conference game is a must-win game. I understand that. But if you if you want any chance of making it to the NCAAs, Yale, you got to win maybe every single one of the rest of your games. And you're not going to win playing like that. I can tell you that for sure. Now, one team that's on a different kind of streak here is Dartmouth. They came into Saturday a 35-game losing streak 
And congratulations to Coach Callahan. Congratulations to Dartmouth Big Green. The streak is over. The streak is over. They down Harvard 10 to 9 in overtime. The Big Green score each of the last five goals of the contest. Uh, you had Brennan Ventriola, you know, comes down the field, lets a shot rip, is stopped by Christian Barnard. That ball bounces off Barnard, and Colin McGill kind of gooses it in to the goal for the game winner. Dartmouth trailed 9-5, entering the fourth quarter in this one. Uh, Nate Davis forces overtime with 5.06 remaining. Really, really big stops there uh, late in this contest for Dartmouth in this game. Uh, McGill had five points, four goals, one assist. In this contest, Mason Morrell makes his first start in cage. Uh, I thought he played fantastic in this one. He had seven saves. That includes a couple big stops late. Uh, Dartmouth held Harvard off the board for nearly the uh, final 20 or some odd minutes of this contest. Again, a couple big stops late. They had some great looks on cage, had opportunities out of timeouts. Dartmouth gets the win. Teddy Malone uh, with four goals, one assist there for Harvard. Sam King with four points off two goals and two assists there. Also for Harvard, Dartmouth moves to play Cornell on the road next week. Harvard will face Colgate in their final non-conference game. And I just want to say this. The uh, Dartmouth and the Dartmouth-Cornell game of 2022 was one of the oddest games of the season. That game, and I'm asking a question here, and then I'll, I'll answer it for y'all. Does anyone remember what the final of that game was? Dartmouth and Cornell, it's in Hanover, 2022, April 2nd. 8-7 to seven Cornell. And this was a game where Dartmouth had Cornell play to their level. Um, and not that's not a demeaning act there, but saying they slowed things down. Uh, and it was a 7-7 game with 6.23 left. Billy Coyle puts in the game winner. I'm not saying it's going to be that close again this year, but I think it's interesting. And certainly with Dartmouth coming off the win that they're coming off of, they're going to be motivated. Uh, Cornell, obviously going to be motivated as well. They want to keep winning here. Uh, but uh, just uh, one that I think many people wouldn't necessarily circle that I'm going to circle for next week. Before we get out of here, want to well, let's look in here real quick. Any other games I want to mention? So Duke 12, St. Joseph's 9. Matt Belmer, Levi Anderson are held without a goal. Great day for the Duke defense in that one. Um, any other games here in want to mention? UMass holds off Brown 10 to 9 in a victory there. Big one there for the Minutemen. I've not been able to watch that. I do want to go back and watch that one. Maybe we'll talk about that in our little weekend review on Tuesday. Uh, but but is a game that I'm 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 looking forward to getting to watching here uh, tonight. 
Um, Georgetown defeated Lehigh 17-15. Tucker Dordovic, six goals, one assist in that contest. I had Lehigh as one of my losers of the week in the uh, week, week, uh, weekly notebook. Lehigh committed 25 turnovers, 14 caused in this game. They struggled in the cleaning game once again, 71%. Um, Lehigh has some issues they've got to take care of. Uh, the Mountain Hawks coming in, you know, they're 5-3 and three right now, a decent team. Uh, they play Lafayette next week, and rivalry game, and I think this is probably, you know, they haven't lost to Lafayette since 2009. But if there's a year that they're going to do that, Lafayette's going to pull it off. This is a much better Lafayette team. This is essentially granddaddy's Lafayette team. This is a, this is a tough Lafayette team. And, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see how things go in that regard. Um, and speaking of Lafayette, Boston U did just beat them 12-11. to 11. So, really tough game they played against the – Terriers. Uh, Navy, congrats. Break you six game losing streak with a 13 to 8 win over Hoy Cross. Expected that game to be a bit more, um, you know, in Navy's favor, but a win's a win. Uh, Bucknell 14 over Colgate 10. Connor Davis five goals in that one. Um, let's see. Any other games here to mention? Delaware fifteen to seven over Hofstra, Towson eleven to seven over Fairfield. And I think that is it for the day. Uh, in terms of our weekend recap, look at uh what was week seven of the college lacrosse season. Um, again, you can listen to the Lacrosse Bucket podcast on Apple Podcast, Spotify, Google Podcast. Can also watch on YouTube as well. Hit the like button. Hit the subscribe button. Leave the five-star review where you can. All those ways help us grow the show. Again, you can connect with us on social media, on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, at lacrossebucket, lacrossebucket.com, where it's always lacrosse season.